Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Good afternoon, everyone. I'm Wendell Robinson filling in for Dr. Richie on Indisputable. And I am luckily joined today by my brother from a different coast or my host from a different coast, JR Jackson. What's up, bro? What's going on, Mondo? How you guys feeling out there? I see you guys got a nice sunny day happening. Is this North Carolina, South, it's the Carolina region of the country. Listen, man, I, because of the because of the racist threats I've been getting, I've been trying to keep my location low. But I am on the Sorry, East Coast. Sorry, my bad. <laughs> let, me, let me zoom out a little bit. It's my fault. <laughs> no, uh, no, no, good no. to be here, you guys. I'm, I'm glad you. I'm glad uh, we got a chance to jump on. I, I wasn't able to jump in early, so it's a perfect day to come and hang out with you. I'm glad you guys could be here. Yeah, man, it's good to catch up, and we got a lot to talk about, man. And I think we should just go ahead and jump into it. And uh, while while it's good to see you, this first story is a doozy, man. The death tolls in Libya hit 11,300 in one city, the city that was destroyed by floods. Like I said, at least 11,300 people are now believed to have died after torrents of water ripped through the eastern Libya. Jesus, a devastating toll that could largely have been avoided. Do you hear that? Avoided, global officials said Thursday. JR, I mean, I, I, it's so much to get into on this story, but I keep, I can't help but think about what we were dealing with a couple months ago with Hawaii. Huh. I can't help to think about what was going on in on so many parts of the world where the, the same response is it could have been avoided. At what point do we hold people accountable, man? Well, this is the hard part. I was trying to figure that out too. Uh, you know, whenever there's something that's international like this, a, a, a natural disaster or something, honestly, a natural disaster that turns into something worse because of our man-made shortcomings, then we get stuff like this happen. And I'm thinking, man, what is it that we could do from here? What is it? I mean, you know, you got humanitarian efforts, you have cleanup, and also potential rescue and recovery efforts that happen. Uh, that's the minimal part, but. We're talking about preventative things. Anytime we talk about gun violence here, anything that takes people's lives, we're looking at five figures of potentially people losing their lives here in this situation. And what kind of preventative thing could have happened? It always comes back to no matter what country you are from, no matter which leadership is in place, it's still a lack of covering for other folks that don't have the the the, the means, the positioning, the power to do that themselves, but they still live in this country. You know, we always brag about the fact that we're Americans and the best country in the world has ever seen. Why is it that it's so much different still here from saving people's lives before something happens, which we could easily predict to then there? And as we found out, as the details came out from this particular country and region, there's warring political factions. Not war at war, but differing, and they're both in representative positions. And so now things like this happen for folks have nothing to do with two positions of people that are looking to, I guess, use their power in ways that would benefit what they think is important. In this case, we had a couple of dams that collapsed due to this heavy, over the top record rainfall. So many things came together to make this disaster happen. Yeah, man, it's, it's unbelievable. But check out this report from ABC News. 
Michael, apocalyptic scenes across the border in Libya as rescue workers scramble to try and find anyone still trapped by the debris from the flooding. But as you say, that death toll continues to rise. This morning, the death toll in Libya climbing after catastrophic flooding. Two dams collapsing during an unprecedented storm, unleashing a torrent of water. Listen, I mean, this is not, when, when usually when a reporter or someone is talking about the weather and they say apocalyptic, they're just trying to get ratings. What's happening in Libya right now is not a joke. Check out some of these images from the flood. Um, Maria addressed the Secretary General of Libyan Red Crescent, told the Associated Press by phone that a further 10,100 have been reported missing in the ruin of city of Derna. Earlier, city officials said the death toll reached 20. Thousand people, twenty thousand people, Jr. I mean, that is that is three, four times the size of infield. We are no, we, we are no longer allowed to sit by and let humans cause this type of death. This is more than some wars. Uh, and 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 I think the idea that if you look at those images that we just saw, that entire city was wiped out. That is that is scary to me. That elected officials are not doing what they need to be doing in these cases, man. I'm not sure if you've uh, experienced flooding. I assume you have Mondale out there, especially in you know southeast part of the country. Then uh, I, I grew up and saw a little bit of it. And I think it was '93, the flooding in St. Louis. It happens quick, and it happens when you even think you're ahead of it. So. As far as widespread flooding like this, where things just fell apart in entire cities, tens of thousands of people potentially dead. Um, it was probably something that many people saw coming, but still, to what degree can you get somewhere where it's not going to be affected? Is the other hard part about this? Many times people go, oh, you know, you find people sitting on top of a roof or on top of a car, just trying to get away from, and that's the level and the the the, the extent of the plan that could have possibly gone forward. And there's many more things again, like you said, that could be done, that could have been done. But now, even post flooding, bodies are being washed ashore. People are now going through mourning, losing entire parts of their families, but then also the dangers of then those bodies causing more issues with water, air, people that actually survived still are on the on some danger zones. Yeah, man, and you're talking about the bodies washing ashore. It makes it extremely hard. I mean, we can't even get a precise tally of the rising number of people killed. And that's incredibly difficult because like you said, the level of destruction and the chaotic political situation in the region with all the bodies that are still washing ashore and the burials that are happening in mass graves. It is unbelievable that we're at this point. And you said something about you know this happening and what happened. Let's, let's talk about how that really did happen. A deluge of rain from Mediterranean storm Daniel caused two dams to collapse, as you said earlier, sending waves more than 20 feet high through the heart of Derna, a port city in the country's east. More than 7,000 residents were wounded, ambulance services spokesman Osama Ali told NBC News. Um, and that of course is coming from Patrick Smith at NBC. Back back to this human failure I was telling you about. The United Nations warnings came early. Most of these deaths could have been avoided. Most of these deaths could have been avoided if authorities had better warning systems in place. The United Nations Weather and Climate Agency said this on Thursday. They could have they could have issued the warnings and emergency management forces would have been able to carry out the evacuation of the people and we could have avoided most of this human casualties. I don't even like saying human casualties. These are lives lost, this is death. Let's just say what it was. And of course that too came from Patrick Smith. And then we can, man, JR, I don't, let, let's, let's stop right here because we're talking about 
When you say most of these deaths could have been avoided and we just breeze over that, it makes me feel a little dirty, no pun intended. I think you know this is this is this is something that we really need to deal with. And I think we need to get to a place where internationally we're talking about how do we warn people when the weather could literally kill them. We saw that in Hawaii where they didn't do everything they could have done when people literally lost everything. People were jumping into the ocean in Libya and Hawaii to try to save their own lives because authorities so-called authorities weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. Think about it, you mentioned Hawaii now, right? That was a few weeks ago, maybe even a month, three weeks ago. And it was devastating, we talked about it for a week. We saw the fallout from it. I had some, a friend of mine was in Hawaii and she was posting things about what she'd experienced because she happened to be there at the time, they always would go. I got several groups of friends that go regularly there. Even Hawaii, which I guess there's still some Americans that don't realize that that's America. But even in Hawaii, because it's detached from just the the continental United States, there's still this detachment from actually doing something about it or caring enough. Now imagine what we're dealing with when it comes to our mindsets for folks way over in Libya, right? So we've got, I watched some of these other videos and reactions from people as they watch you know, rescue efforts come, maybe even seeing some bodies come forward and a couple fathers, brother crying over losing everybody in their family. It's good seeing stuff like that, not for the sake of seeing their 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 grief, because we detach humanity from so many folks that aren't looking like us, that don't live next door to us, even within our own country. So imagine overseas how much we just don't care and how soon we may not even be talking about this anymore. When you see the devastation on people's faces, no matter who they are, where they're from, and we always have this level of that's not me. When you see it, you understand just how much it is just like us. And maybe that's another reason, something else we could, I mean, is education on compassion for other folks in our world. It's at, a, it's at I can't say it's an all time low, but the degree to which we brush over things is astronomical. Yeah, I think I think the otherization and this, you know, this constant like tempting us with 24 hour media that is not covering anything other than sensationalized stories and also all of social medias. I think all of this video has made people extremely comfortable with other people's hurt and pain to a way that even watching it may not help. I mean, we hear from you know organizations talking about this story again, brother, for like the World Meteorological Organization. Their statement said that, check this out, the agency said this week, that it issued a warning 72 hours before the dam collapse. Both of the dams collapse, including contact of the Libyan authorities and making statements to the media. This led to a state of emergency being declared in North Africa in the North African country. Then you got a couple with that with the fact that the dams weren't even maintained. And one day before the storm hit Libya, the mayor said at a news conference that some areas around in the dam should be evacuated. But an emergency committee formed by the Eastern government, once again, elected officials, interior ministry ordered curfews instead. So let's keep these people locked in their houses, basically like death traps rather than getting them out of there. This is what a spokesman from the, the mayor's office said to the city's dam. Had not been maintained since 2008 because of Libya's fractious politics, man. Politics should not be the reason people die. Politics should be the reason people live longer and better lives. So I mean, this is this just goes on with the rising concerns and issues, fears of a rising of waterborne diseases affecting the area, especially with rotting bodies still washing ashore. Access to clean water, we should say the lack of access to clean water, sanitation and hygiene facilities will be required to prevent further crisis within this crisis. Man. 
I, I, I just keep thinking about, I, I, and this is the, this is, this is what happens when, when humans are responsible for heating up the climate, for making so much weather that we can't control. And I just keep thinking about things from the past, i.e., the earthquake and hurricane in, in Haiti, the floods in Hawaii. I keep talking about it because I don't want people to act like that was years ago. It was like you said, maybe three weeks, a month at the ladies, and we're not even talking about, we're not even aware of what's going on with those people or how they're suffering yeah. or if they can get back to it, man. I'm super scared about like what's next or which storm is next and how it's gonna get us. And the preventative nature for that. It's the same thing as the reason I mentioned gun violence earlier, because there's gonna be another instance of it next. And then what are we doing to prevent it that next time? We'll talk about it more in thoughts and prayers and then move on. We know that's the process for how we do this stuff. But you know, even when it comes to them telling people to stay in place and curfew instead of evacuations, when we see like the dams or in the lack of infrastructure where dams like this happen, and this isn't like supposed to be some kind of slide on specifically Libya. We had those same issues when it came to Katrina, the dams were the problem when it happened down there, when that broke through. Cuz Gustav, from what I heard, was worse than Katrina. But it's a matter of the infrastructure in place, and then that's what's supposed to be shielding many people's residences and their homes from the levels of storms. These levels of storms are getting larger than they were before. And then couple that with a lack of infrastructure, which we also have here. That's one of those things that then leads to more of this. I really wonder what else they really could have done. And if you got factions that are fighting politically, what types of things are they focusing on versus saving people in the future? What is it they're not having in place? As we fight here over over folks in sports or, or, or how much they can, who's woke or not. And we're doing nothing about actually protecting Americans from things that could be coming our way that we've seen have already happened and we've done nothing about already. Because it's all about getting that power and not about actually serving the people who voted you in. That's a fact. And we also gotta say, man, I mean, let, let's be honest here. I mean, what happened in Eastern Libya is no different than what happened in Katrina. Politics, regardless of how factious they are or fractious they are, somebody made a decision not to do anything with the levees in Louisiana and the dams since 2008 in Eastern Libya. And that decision is saying that these people or those people are expendable. We can we yeah. it, we can lose those people. Um, man, this we definitely gonna keep an eye on this, this story and make sure people understand what's going on in Libya and we will not allow them to fall back and just be another turn of a news page. Watch this video showing the flooding at Clark Atlanta after the storms moved mm. through. And this shows not only the intense storms in Atlanta, but it's also why Dr. Richie is not hosting the show today. Man, look at this. This this the same brown mud, the same flooding through buildings with 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 and I hate to say this, minority people standing in waters that they should not be standing in and going through things. You see, are you looking at this video, JR? This is yeah. ridiculous, man. The, so it looks like it's out of a movie. When you got floodwaters running through hallways, in that particular last part where the woman was standing there with the blue shirt trying to help push that door open, that's one of those portions of the video that, that has been circulating where one woman's leg was stuck in that door jam as the door was on it and probably some force of waters that is keeping it on her. And I think she suffered a broken leg. This is at Clark Atlanta University, right? Um, and again, one of the students there was talking about how quickly this happened, cars floating. and. This is, again, this is America, <laughs> this is Atlanta, um, where this is going down. So it doesn't really matter where it is, weather and, and inclement weather and lack of maybe preparation for this stuff or even addressing it as it gets worse, these types of things will continue to happen. And before they were happening to the rate that they're even happening now, when people were warning about it 10 years ago, even longer, it was, uh, 
you guys hyperventilating about this. I can't believe you guys are focused on this. Are you listening to scientists? What's the matter with you? Are you <laughs> trying to make some money off of this? It's it's the political lines to keep from doing anything about it because that would cause you to invest into your society. Yeah, and I, and, I, and, I, and I, as an elected official, I say no party is exempt for their negligence in this. And um, as we watch, like you said, floods sweeping through parts of Atlanta after storms moved through Thursday afternoon. Thunderstorms caused flash flooding throughout central Georgia, Georgia, causing vehicles in downtown Atlanta to become submerged as roads filled with flood water. Students at the university were interviewed. Uh, Clock posted a video from inside one of the storm, one of the dorms where you could see flooding in the hallway. We just watched that video, unbelievable. Video shows it appears one of the students had her leg trapped in the door. You were talking about that. She ended up with a broken leg. Beyond the broken leg, the emotional trauma of being in your in your safe space, right? And this is all according to a, a live, a Eleven Alive, and Cody Alcorn spoke with Atlanta, uh, Clock Atlanta student Cherish Turner, who was studying studying for an exam and by the time she got out of the library she said water was rushing down her shoes this is not a movie this is not a movie she said it was scary she's scary in the library it looked at i looked out the window and saw the large flood and more videos kept coming in of cars floating cars are not boats cars are not supposed to be floating down roads man this is this is so scary jr bring jr back up man i'm mm-hmm. telling you i and i know i keep bringing you up for your point of view and people should not act like we should be you know experiencing this much flooding this many storms at this level we've had a storm out in the Atlantic coast for a week now hurricane lee that's about to rip through the the northeast coast and canada and they're going to get 3 4 inches of rain up there already this is extremely scary this early in the hurricane season um, it's uh, when we see hurricane season coming. I'm always concerned about these type of things. I have family down in Louisiana, uh, and it's it's an every it's a yearly thing. Um, but was it even to talk about you know the degree to which this is this is kind of a spreading type of phenomenon? Remember a few years ago in Jersey, I think it was New York, New Jersey area. They had some flooding and a hurricane happened out there. We were supposed to get one out here in Los Angeles maybe a few weeks ago, which several parts did get some heavy rain, even more so than when we do. But it was supposed to equate the amount that people get out Palm Springs, Palm Desert, for like a year's worth was going to happen in a day or two. That's mm. something else that also happened in Libya that we were just previously talking about. The rate at which we get this type of weather. It's not all, it's such a basic thing and I'm not a scientist, so it's a very casual approach to it. But when scientists say as warm as our climate gets warmer, no matter if you still get winter, when congressmen bring, when congressmen bring snowballs into the, the floor of the house and talk about, look, it's snowing outside, it was this global warming stuff. It's not always just that simple. In fact, but it still is simple. We have a general warming of our entire climate. Uh, different changes happen with our rainfall because it holds more moisture. And when you get that much more, we're not prepared for it. It's simple, I'm still not saying it correctly either. But I do know this, something should be done about it before we get to these points. And then what's gonna happen now with the rest of the school year? You know, we have students in here who knows how long this cleanup is, where they're gonna go back to classes, where they're gonna live next, and that just gets forgotten. It goes by the wayside. And if somebody gets behind, I wonder to what degree they're looking to protect them. There's so many extra fallout from this than just the original disaster that takes lives and damages people's property. 
Exactly, and I mean, you, you made a great point about like, there's still a school year to be had here at the beginning of a new semester, the fall semester, and students have to still go through this school. Some of them are seniors, some of them are freshmen, and then there are other two classes as well. And a spokesperson from Clark Atlanta spoke to that, saying that the official responded quickly, the school responded quickly to the incident to support students during the flooding. The university said crews are working to assess the damage and make repairs. Beyond the repairs, man, we gotta remember that, you know, there's also gonna be mold, a associated with this water mm -hmm. and the heat in Atlanta. They said all of the students that live in the residential areas that are affected by flooding are in the process of being relocated to new housing, another, another extra income. Even though the school is gonna cover where you're moving to, you still have to consider that these students, while you're accessing the, the impact of the severe inclement weather, the students still gonna have to get new books. They're still gonna have to get new supplies, clothing, all food, all of that has to be replaced. And we're, and that may seem small, but for, for college students going through this, and while I'm talking, please put up some more images of the damage that's done in the area. I mean, all of this has to be wow. really thought about, man. We have trees laying on power lines. We have parking lots that look like uh, ponds throughout Atlanta. And I think we, we need to be serious about holding our elected officials accountable on what we are prepared for as it pertains to what climate and mother nature has planned for us. Seems like it's a, a normal thing to do, but um, it's a big, uh, I guess it's a big endeavor when we haven't planned to do much about it from before. And you know, by the way, I'm glad you brought up what Clark Atlanta was doing, because they are trying to help to a degree to what they, as far as relocating and housing and all that stuff. So uh, not to come down on the universities if they did something to the students, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's a disaster and it comes at folks and we gotta do the best we can beforehand, during and after to mitigate this stuff. And I just, I guess that's the complaint. It's hard for me to sit and complain whenever folks are suffering like this to the degree. Uh, but I would hope people in a position to do something uh, have a little bit more of a of a, a gumption to do it. Yeah, I mean, we we, we applaud uh, Clark Atlanta. We definitely applaud Clark Atlanta for moving the, the students as fast and swiftly as they did, having somewhere else to put them. We appreciate that. What we're talking about though is our elected officials and authorities that should have plans in place, and it does once again seem like they may be failing us. Let's uh, let's hop to the break, and we'll be back with more indisputable. Hey y'all, we're back with J.R. Jackson and Mundell Robinson filling in for Dr. Richie at Indisputable. And it's time for my favorite part of the show, viewer comments. Let's start with Wolf Dragon Donna over, she's a TYT member. And she said, Mundell and J.R. exclamation point, exclamation point. That's how I feel every time I see J.R. Fun times. <laughs> Go ahead, bro. No, I said fun times, I, 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 I struggled to make it back on if you guys hear the the muffled in my voice today, it's apologies. My kid's back in school, so therefore it's time to get sick. It's just, I'm sorry. It's, I'm yeah. self-conscious, okay, I'm sorry. And we're forced to love those kids with all those uh, cold viruses they bring home from school. <laughs> uh, over to YouTube, we got Libero who said, uh, curfews during an evacuation period, that is just heartless. I mean, I agree 100%, like I said, it seems like you're sentencing people to death when you already didn't fix the dam since 2008. Now you're gonna go further and lock me into this place where I'm supposed to be evacuated from. It's unbelievable. Staying over on YouTube, we got, uh, we got Grace. She said, have you seen the latest video on Berber and her escort? <laughs> Grace, I'm not even gonna finish your comment because I feel like you may have hacked uh, TYT and you got a preview of what's coming on. So just stay, stay tuned and you may never know what you'll see on this show. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move over to Twitch and uh, see what uh, Aliana had to say. Again, 
Mayor Robinson and JR, what a duo. Well, we are a duo, but you should know he's Batman. I'm just Robin. (laughs) (laughs) Not today. This is your show. Y'all keep these comments coming. We we appreciate that. And uh, let's go to my second favorite part of the show. I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a Sunday? You're going to feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Say it again. You call me a racist? Say it again. Why don't you? Of course, I have it. I have it. Let them come. You tell you tell them that you call me a. You tell them again, okay? You think I'm scared? Oh wait, she called me a. Yeah. And you are. Racist. Yep. Keep saying, keep saying. Yep. Got you on the camera, okay? You're gonna go viral. I don't give a. Okay. Say it again. See? She's assaulting me right now. Say it again. You call me. Say it again. Say it again. Yeah. The disgusting nature, I don't care where you are or who you are using the N word to try and you know intimidate or scare people. And then the fact that she's on the phone, it looks like she's on the phone with some form of authorities is absolutely disgusting. And this is definitely typical Karen behavior. And to, to say, he said, you call me the N word and she said, I did. The confidence with someone senior her, far more senior sitting on her passenger side have to feel even disgusted or comfortable with this behavior. We should we should stop pretending that anti-blackness is not the code for everybody everywhere. It has no geopolitical boundaries. This idea that you can be anti-black whenever you're angry is absolutely disgusting. But this Karen doesn't stop with just being a Karen or racist. She also hit this person on camera. And she don't need to go viral, she need to go to jail because putting your hand on people could lead to something else. Because what is the reaction if he hits her back? What happens then, JR? Well, there's arrests, which I'm not sure if there was anything made here. But even in this, how this conversation happens, you always discover many of these things are very minor. Uh, a dispute over a, 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 some McNuggets, you know, stuff like that. I've seen it in some fast food restaurants, from car disputes to moving your damn car out of the way to maybe I blew your hornets because you're standing away to just I'm sitting in the park and I don't want you here. It's always very minor things that these come from, but it actually shows a lot more about the person that's in that moment. Because then again, if you think about it, what is it you just gained? There's many times I feel like calling people names. Specifically, it's when I'm driving and someone does something ridiculous on the road. Very minor, actually, in the broad scheme of things. So I keep it to myself or just say it out loud in my car and move on. What did she get from calling him names after he's in her face or whatever they're mad about? What's gonna happen next? What's the plan of action? So now that's why when people are on the phone saying, I'm gonna call someone and tell them what this guy's doing to me. It's now I need to find a way to get away from this. Because apparently my plan, wasn't that deep. It was just let me insult someone with what I think is the worst insult that I can think of. Then what? Are they gonna run away scared? What's the plan every time you reveal your biases, your bigotry, and your racism? I would love to know. Yeah, I mean, and if this is if this is what you revert to, I tell people all the time, you know who a person truly is when there when there's a time of crisis or when something's going on. So when they're stressed. And if this is how you show up when you're stressed, even in front of, like I said, an elder sitting on your passenger, then this is who you truly are. 
I mean, this is absolutely scary to me that, you know, well, I think this was in Canada, so something like this happened. And I'll tell you what's scary about it. She's on the phone complaining. Either she's calling someone that she knows to come attack this person or do harm to him. And of course, I'm just assuming this is what happened. Or she's on the phone talking to the police, probably trying to play make herself a victim. Either way, she's not the victim. She's definitely the aggressor in this. And these situations never end well for the person being called the N-word usually. So I'm, this is what this is what frustrates me the most um, about Karen videos. One thing, you can be wrong, by the way, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Last thought here. No. You can be wrong about something. You could be in a conversation, a disagreement, an argument. Maybe I parked my car in the wrong spot and I'm blocking someone's driveway. Maybe I pinned them in too much, whatever minor thing it could be. You can think you were in the right and after someone then points it out, you can be like, "Oh, you know what? My bad, my fault. You know, I didn't mean that. I'm gonna get out of the way. And guess what happens to you? You go on about your day. Nothing else, your your mother, whoever was next door in the car, they'll be fine. They'll see that you maybe showed a little bit of humility. It's okay, just move on. It doesn't have to be this serious. Not at all. Man, when I was growing up, Beetlejuice was one of my favorite movies, <laughs> man. It was one of my favorite movies. This next story had me dying when I heard about it. Uh, if you say Bobert three times, does Lauren Bobert appear? Because security footage appears to show Lauren Bobert vaping, causing scenes at Beetlejuice, the show in Colorado, before she was being kicked out. The DCPA <laughs> says she was vaping. Bobert's team denied that, said the haze was from fog machines in the show. That claim goes up in smoke when you see the video. The pregnant woman sitting behind Bobert told the Denver Post she asked her to stop vaping, and Bobert refused. Her one-woman show continued, taking flash photos, raising her hands and dancing, often the only one clapping or standing up in the crowd. Bobert occasionally took a break from being disruptive to enjoy the company of her male companion. He briefly had a grasp on the situation before ushers returned and told Bobert she had to leave. The theater's incident report says Bobert pulled the don't-you-know-who-I-am card on the way out, giving theater employees the single finger salute. Don't you know who I am? Yes, you are Congressional Karen. Bobert juice, Bobert juice, Bobert juice, where are you? Man, this is this is so perfect. In the same week where she didn't show up for a law that she supposedly co-sponsored to benefit the folk in her district, right? About land, getting more federal land in that district to protect that land. She couldn't even show up to do the work. But she can show up the Beetlejuice to act like Beetlejuice. Man, this is this is perfect, Jr. I I want to stay on this story for years. The <laughs> idea that she was vaping, singing loud, and also being rude, flipping off, flipping off public service, talking about don't you know who I am? Yes, you are the person who barely won a district by 526 votes that will never win again. Jr. You think she you. cares? I'm wondering if she knows if she cares. You brought that up. She's a politician first. That's her job, at least right now. Does she care if this comes out? Even if she wasn't vaping, does she care that then she walks out in a storm, throws middle fingers, and calls people names and says, Do you know who I am? Does she think that that's going to be something that actually appeals to other voters? This is outside of just the human experience of actually interacting with other folks and not being a complete a hole. This is about whether or not you want to keep your job or have public opinion continue to turn on you. I don't know, maybe her thought process doesn't go that far because as we know, she and her family have history of outward public outbursts, fights, violence, arguments. Things like this happen within the Bobert household. 
and around maybe neighbors and now at Beetlejuice. There was a couple things here that didn't stood out as she walked through the surveillance cameras. We mentioned this before we came on. The surveillance cameras caught her blowing plumes of smoke out after saying she didn't. Telling the pregnant woman behind her no when she asked her not to do something. The people came out and discovered how much of an unruly person that she had been. She left with her guy, apparently they were groping each other, having kisses and all that in the middle of the show. PDA happens, I think that's the minimal of all the problems. But when you're disturbing everyone's time, put, I try not to say it this way, Mondale. But I've been drunk before. And times when I've gotten drunk and I've been outside, usually it was in college, we may go somewhere. And if you realize that you're the loud drunk person in the room, there's still that one piece of brain somewhere amongst all of the drunkenness where you'll say, I think I'm gonna chill out. I think I'll be quiet for a minute. I've even seen people falling over drunk, at least sit down and try to be still and they start swaying. What is it about whatever it is that she was drunk off of? Why is it, oh, she was vaping, it must have been that. Why is it that gives you the, the thought process that nothing else matters? Nobody else here matters, no one can tell me what to do because why? Maybe yeah. it's not the drunkenness, maybe it's the privilege. This, I was about to tell you that the strongest drug that she was on was not was in that vape or the drinks that she had that evening. It was definitely the privilege. And I think you, I mean, you see that all, she shows that in her first response, do you know who I am? I'm gonna contact the mayor, I sit on this board. All of that is about privilege, like I, I have the right to act this manner. Um, I mean, we, we listen, listen, let's just watch what the Denver Post said. They reported earlier this week that Bober allegedly caused such a disturbance during the show that she was escorted out of the venue, according to the incident that was filed with the venue. This is what they had to say. Days after the spokesman from Colorado rep, Lauren Bober denied that she was vaping, denied it, even though we saw the plumes of smoke, maybe she was cold. Before being escorted out of the performance of Beetlejuice musical in Denver, newly released, released security footage shows the Republican seemingly taking a puff from a vape pen. <laughs> now, listen, I mean like the, the privilege of saying, uh, I wasn't doing that. What? Uh, this is a book, I mean, this is a page right out of the book of Donald Trump. That was in my smoke, I was cold, I was pulling my beer juice, and I brought that as part of this show. Man, I mean, they, they went on to say, of course, her spokesman went on to say, but a spokesman previously disputed reports that Bobert had been vaping, telling people that a venue ticket site, uh, site notes there are heavy fog machines <laughs> and mm. electronic cigarettes use during the play, and that they believe it was a misunderstanding from some someone sitting near her. Man, we saw the video, this woman was not sitting near her. She was sitting directly behind her, a pregnant woman sitting directly behind her and you're smoking. Even if the person wasn't pregnant, I mean, this is 2023, not 1950. If someone asks you not to smoke something around them, where's the decency to say, okay, why are you imposing your habits, your vices on other people in this manner? Especially as elected official. I would expect this behavior from Bobert in DC so she could say, "Oh, the liberals were attacking me. But she's at home in Denver showing up this way with her Democratic boyfriend, Democratic <laughs> Big D. I, I'm just gonna leave that right there. Wait, wait, what? what's what's the details of the boyfriend? I don't know oh, who this know. is. Oh, come on, man, I thought everybody knew this. No, this is, this is the hidden secret. He's like some kind of car mechanic or owns a car dealership and he's a Democrat, registered Democrat. I'm loving this story. And as more of it come out, I'm super happy to find out. Like, It just shows you that none of this stuff that Donald Trump and all of this crowd that came in with him is true about anything. They have no platform, they have no backbone. They're just grifting, grifting to the major points of monies, monies, that's it. 
What's think, next though? What's next? What's the cover up next? What's the explanation? Because now it has to be said. I guess we're in a surveillance state now, Mondale. Because before, when can a person who lies about everything they do and then when they get some kind of accountability for it, they can say it wasn't me because you're gonna, who you gonna believe me or everyone else? I'm Lauren Boebert. Apparently the video shows it. And by the way, again, shows her from seat to car seat <laughs> walking across. My favorite part about this, my last thought. There was a moment throughout, I watched the whole four and a half minutes of her getting walked out. There was a point in the lobby area where there's, I have to expand this video, this screenshot. There was a point when there's three garbage cans in this, it's poetic. The sign above it said, help us divert waste, right there. It's, <laughs> she's walking by it, they're like, please help us. We're trying to get rid of the waste here. And the, these are the folks that they got offended when I think Hillary Clinton called folks deplorables. They said, how dare she? Think about the names that you hear conservatives, elected officials and, and pundits call anyone that's on the other side of the island. Think about the degree to which people could potentially get upset from the things they've called folks and what they think should happen to those folks. So please, the name calling can, cannot, is, what, is the, mo, the most minor part about this entire interaction. Yeah, and I think, man, you know, let's be honest. I mean, we Hillary Clinton has some truth to it. Donald Trump is deplorable, Bobert is deplorable, and we don't just believe that. Even Marjorie Taylor Greene said it on the floor <laughs> <laughs> in their little riff. I mean, like, so this idea that she is trash as she walks past three trash cans telling people about getting rid of waste, she flicks off a public servant for doing exactly what his job told him uh, to do. I think I think we, we have to be honest that our politics has sunk into a place that this will make her millions of dollars, if not millions, tens of thousands, thousands as soon as she sent out the email talking about people trying to silence her. I was enjoying uh, this till you said that, man. <laughs> the, the nature of where we find ourselves. Speaking of find ourselves, let's let's find ourselves on a break, and we'll be right back with more indisputable. And we're back with indisputable J.R. Jackson and Mundell Robinson. We're gonna do some comments. Want to start out by thanking Hiram Bifidim for for the super chat. We appreciate that. Keep it coming, brother. Made money in the buildings. Thank you for the super chat as well. She also said, "Hey." Jay Izzy, Mac Jackson, can't be watching this show without saying what's up. Niner fans over here taking or talking mad mess about the Rams. And then she said, hi, Mundell. So I'm assuming you're a Niners fan? Uh, no, Rams, because they're talking trash about my team. She's a Northern Cali person. You know, they all have their, their, the things that they do as far as their sports teams go. The, the 49ers look good. I just want to say just one thing. After one full week of, uh, of the NFL back, is uh, both teams have the same record. They're both 1 0. Just saying, at this point, we're keeping pace. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I don't watch too much foosball, but I, I think, you know, I think that's a good, those are two good high school football teams. <laughs> Moving on to Rosie Rosie. Oh, <laughs> she said, I, I hope she's ruined. And she's talking about that Karen, the first Karen, I should say. I hope she's ruined. Someone know who she is. That's a fact. Internet, do your job. Somebody definitely knows who this is. Find out who she is and make sure her employer know how she feels about people of color, specifically black people. Uh, we're still on, uh, we're still over at uh, YouTube. And talking about Shiv Madhav, she said her ex-husband talking about Bobert is probably at the bowling alley right now. <laughs> and Javar said, there it is, people, Karen number three. I, I, I agree, JR. I mean, like, you can't, you, you cannot discount Karen behavior of Bobert. And like you said, her family, and as it seemed, they continue to show up this way over and over again, man. There was that. Uh, there was that uh, in, a, in her altercation before with her. Uh, I think it's. I don't know if they've been divorced since her ex or her former husband or 
estranged, I don't know. When there was that 911 call when Lauren was calling and her son was in the background terrified. I think her son called and she took over the phone. And that was one of those moments where I said, you know, we dislike Lauren Boebert because all the things that she does and her disregard for legislating and caring about anyone and also being a complete a-hole. But outside of that, I was like, you know what, this is an abusive sounding household. I don't live there, but I've just seen and heard some of the things that they've talked about. And these kids are the ones affected by it. So as much as we talk about you know, the fatherless households and then the at-risk youth and all that stuff, there's chaos going on apparently in their household and amongst the folks that are supposed to be teaching something better than this. And this is how she acts in public. So this is what gets passed on to many kids. Doesn't matter where they come from, their background, skin color, socioeconomic levels. This is affecting these kids. What kind of kids, humans, will these kids become when they're 18, 20, 25 years old? It all gets passed down. Just saying. I, this is one thing I just wanted to mention as we were going through that before and I forgot. No, I appreciate that. And you're right, it is something that all gets passed down. And thank you so much for the comments. Y'all keep those coming. Los Angeles County is set to pay nearly $5 million to Christopher Bailey, who was allegedly brutally beaten by multiple sheriff deputies during a traffic stop a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Bailey filed a lawsuit in 2021 against the LA County Sheriff Department and the deputies connected to the incident that resulted in him suffering severe injuries. Now these, these pictures are gruesome. And they also remind us of Rodney King and so many others that have, I mean, at, 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 if we're being honest, the picture on the left looks a lot like the Emmett Till picture. And that, and that is yes. not, that is not, to try to evoke something in people that is not accurate. We have to be honest that black men suffer at the hands of police officers more than any other because we continue to pay $5 million settlements for taxpayers with no, with no, with no recourse from the people who, who show up this way. Let's give you some background on this incident. In May 2020, Bailey was on his way home from work when he, had, when he was stopped by law enforcement in Inglewood at approximately 2 a.m. This man was getting off work. He was reportedly pulled over after being accused of straddling lines or lanes. Bailey, who was unarmed, alleged that the two, two of the deputies grabbed him out of his vehicle and without warning proceeded to assault him and batter him, the Los Angeles Times reported. That's according to Taylor Audrey. Now, I, I, I really am frustrated that we have to say, you know, allegedly beat him when we see pictures of this man's face, when we know he didn't look leave work that way. But I understand the nature of, of how litigious this country is. But JR, you're in LA. You're, I mean, you're in, you're in California. You see this ridiculousness time and time again from the sheriff department who actually has racial gains as sheriff deputies and nothing, nothing, I mean, nothing except for people keep getting paid million dollar settlements because of their actions. What in the. That's what I was trying to remember, because this is in Inglewood and it was the LA Sheriff's uh, Sheriff's Department, which is one of the ones that ends up in these situations a lot more than others. Not to say that others don't, because originally I thought this was Inglewood uh, Police. I, I've lived in Inglewood, multiple places over in Inglewood. Uh, and, and there's a transformation going on in Inglewood, let's put it that way. Uh, the forum got redone. Uh, SoFi Stadium has been built where the Super Bowl was held a couple years ago. Clippers new arena is coming in right next door to that. Uh, rent and mortgage prices have skyrocketed. We know how this works. Um, and I, I, not to say that this is connected directly to that, but sometimes the energy surrounding what appears to be a transformation of a community. Uh, sometimes police officers are on edge more and take these types of actions from, from folks that they're beginning to think shouldn't be there and shouldn't be doing what it is they're doing. 
let's say that Christopher uh, uh, Christopher Bailey is the victim's name. Say Christopher Bailey was swerving and missing lines. Maybe it's because he was tired and he was getting off work at 2 a.m. Maybe it's because he was drinking and driving. I'm not saying that that's what it was, but it doesn't matter what the reason is. What you do when you approach someone is you assess the situation and you handle it. If he's doing something legal, handle it that way. If he's there and he's tired, and he said, "Oh, I'm sorry, officer, I was fatigued, I was tired." Or if he said, "I wasn't doing anything," take care of the situation where it doesn't get to this. What caused you to assault this guy? This many times to this degree in his face, head, body, anywhere you can get to him. And what did you think was gonna happen afterwards? I think you might get to it. What they thought was gonna happen is they could lie about it and we could move on until someone was filming and someone was talking and someone was actually testifying as to what it is they saw and what is it they recorded. It's a shame we have to do that. You mentioned Rodney King, what was that 1991, 1990? Yeah. Yep. That was the first video on damn VHS where we saw a black man getting assaulted to the degree that many black folks talk about how they got assaulted. And we said, this is it, this is it. They're finally gonna believe what it is we've been going through. And it's a damn shame that we have to think, we have to think people are gonna finally believe our experiences. 2023, how many years later that we're now seeing next video and the next video and the body cam video and the cell phone video and we're still having the same disagreements and arguments. Well, what was he doing? Well, why was he in that situation? Well, what did he do towards the cops? I don't give a damn. What did the cops do towards him? We're paying $5 million to him and his family off of this. I wish Christopher Bailey didn't have to worry about cops every time he goes on the road now. And every time there's a flashing light coming from either direction, he's like, where am I gonna do and go this time? Because this is traumatic type of stuff. I'm gonna stop talking before I start cussing because I've stopped three times. Yeah, I mean, I mean, but this is this is one of those situations that evoked that. And listen, it wasn't just those two cops. Shortly after that, four more deputies also got involved. Yeah. Lawsuit claimed that he was restrained in a chokehold punched, shocked, and kicked during the encounter. The outlet reported the incident left him with vision loss, facial injuries, and damaged teeth. I mean, come on, man. According to Bailey's attorney, he sustained 64 to 86 total body and face hits. 64 to 86, he was pummeled in the face approximately 35 to 44 times. This is what Bailey's attorney said. Tony Jaramillo previously said, when announcing the lawsuit to KABC reported. This was just a beatdown. This was a gang-like beatdown of a black citizen. According to the report, the deputies involved were not charged. However, earlier this week, the county's board of supervisors awarded Bailey $4.7 million on Tuesday. This is what I'm trying to say. These brothers, these I dare call them humans, these brothers in, in uniform, and their brothers, not our brothers, their brothers to themselves, with this code of silence, just come in. If two beating him was not enough, four more join, and they hit this man somewhere between 68 and 84 times, mostly to his face, causing vision loss and broken teeth. What else is it gonna take to say that police is not working? What is it? What else is it gonna take to say that we need to end qualified immunity? What else we're gonna say that just because a neighborhood is gentrifying, black people don't immediately become criminal when you were not willing to spend any resources other than on police officers in those communities when they were majority black. $4.7 million again, and nothing happens to these officers. Maybe they get you know shift around to a different community yep. or a different police department, but they still gonna be in uniform. Or maybe still nothing. Or nothing. Sorry to interrupt. No, you're right, go ahead, nothing. Uh, 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 we hear a lot. 
a lot of people talk about uh, um, uh, crime deterrence and things we should do to stop criminals from doing the things they do. That's why you know they have the three strike rule. And if you realize you're about to hit that third strike, you're gonna be in jail for life, things like that. Crime deterrence, it's always crime deterrence when it comes to people that we only see as criminals. So if you're gonna award $4.75 million to a guy because you nearly killed him, what are we doing about the folks who nearly killed him? If somebody goes and robs a bank, you know, you know what, here, how about you give us your everything is in your savings and your future earnings for the next five years, but you don't have to go to jail. And that's even a bad analogy, it's not their money. So for so for folks who have to pay this guy $5 million, maybe for every half a million dollars we end up paying in a payout, the officers involved should go to jail for a year for every half a million. There needs to be something where we're not paying and then have to continue to see citizens that are minding their own business get assaulted like this and nearly killed. And then we wait for the next one to pay out the next one and next one. And then the general society is saying, well, he got $5 million, what a come up, what a come up. What else has happened to him? How much is he ever gonna see in that eye anymore? How much is he gonna be able to drive anymore? Maybe he has problems walking, whatever physical conditions come from, whatever came from this that was carried out by other human beings who were supposed to be protecting and serving citizens in this city, in this state. Instead of doing that, instead we're paying them to continue to do it. Why aren't they off the streets? Is there a shortage of cops? Is morale down now? Because if I was a cop and then my fellow officer did this, my morale would be way down. Yeah, but I mean like, and, and it, that ain't even the case, right? They probably went back, high five, laughed, joked about the situation. And as you said, they even even if they didn't think that they weren't gonna be found out, they knew nothing was gonna happen because nothing happens. This is the history of policing in this country. And we have to be honest about that, man. And I don't think this country is ready to be honest with that because the long the, the this country has a long tolerance for black suffering. For black men between the ages of 18 and 20 something, the leading cause of death is police. The leading cause of death is police, people who ride around with signs that say protect and serve. This is not divorced from the reason the Black Panther Party was formed. This is not divorced from the reason we had the KKK clause, which said if you assist the police, I mean the KKK in, in mobbing black people, even if you are a government official, you should be held accountable. But no, what the, what the, what the court said was, well, Common law says government officials can't be held accountable. That's where we get this qualified immunity from. It is age old, it is, it is ridiculous, and it's damaging to black people because this money will never, will never bring this vision back. His money will never erase the emotional threat, like you said, that he's gonna feel every time a, a light, a siren is behind him or somewhere near him. And that, and that is the horrible fact of so many black men. In this story. Scientists in Poland have reportedly developed lab tests that can detect whether people have taken abortion pills. And those tests are already being used to investigate pregnancy outcomes under the country's abortion ban. This is alarming, an alarming development to say the least. And unfortunately, it feels like it's only a matter of time before a US state replicates this effort. And we said a US state, I would honestly say more than a state and say a ton of them states. According to the New York Times, Polish scientists has developed tests that can identify both mifepristone and misoprostol, the drugs typically used in a, medica a medication abortion. Though some people do not use misoprostol alone, 
The studies show part of a research project, a project funded by the Polish government, the government funded this, where researchers were able to find evidence of misoprostol in the placenta and mifeprestin in a woman's blood sample. A spokesperson for the prosecutor office in, in Rocklow claimed a confirmed to the times that the Polish authorities have already used the test to investigate pregnancy outcomes. My God, and this is according to Jezebel, Susan. What, what, where are we at? I mean, I am already afraid. I mean, we use drugs from, from Europe to European countries to carry out the death penalty, even though those countries tell us to stop. We know what Republican states are already planning, what this means. And this is so scary to, to women, has to be afraid. I mean, scary to women living in these states, knowing that these Republican lawmakers will not stop at anything to prosecute them. What what are you, what are your thoughts? Are man? you noticing how things keep growing from the abortion debate? I say it every time that something else comes out. Originally, when the the leaked document from the Supreme Court about how they were going to rule on Roe v Roe v Wade came out, and then you know the progressives lost their minds. They started hyperventilating over what it is that was going to possibly come. This is just the states' rights issues, guys. What are we concerned about? It started there, and then after then, of course, it came through for sure. Many states who as they were talking about, had triggers ready to unleash some of these very limited type of legislation against people that could have children, right? So then they come after them in this way, and then it keeps increasing more and more. Then we're gonna start limiting travel down in Texas. There's certain areas that are limiting travel from people, and they're gonna monitor people if they're gonna leave the state to go to an accepting area. I thought it was a state's rights thing, but now they're starting to trap people in. And now we have developments out of Poland where they can test whether or not people had taken an abortion medication. And now we'll maybe start testing them over that. Again, this is the assumption that'll happen next, because again, this was developed in Poland. But what would keep them from doing it? All the things that they said that they wouldn't do based off of this decision have happened, in fact, more so. Why wouldn't they go to this degree? Because they'll always say, the bottom line is, yes, we went past what we said. Yes, we said we're gonna we're not actually looking to oppress people and monitor them and no big government, unless it's stuff that they want to monitor people on. Why would they not do it here? Because they'll just say we're protecting the babies. That's the most moral thing of all things above anything else you guys want to say. Yes, women die from pregnancy. Yes, there's complications. Also, people end up in systems and foster care. If someone can't have a child or whatever reason they have, maybe it's actually going to kill them. Maybe they were assaulted by a family member or a stranger, doesn't matter who it was. All these things they keep going by as if they're not that big of a deal. Because the bottom line is controlling women's bodies, control women's not what it is they can do because that somehow gets votes. That back end is the votes part. They've convinced people that believe their BS that this is something that's moral and something they actually want or they care about children. Next time a child gets killed in a school, ask them how much they cared about that kid. Yeah, and all of these pro-life people are, it's so funny to me that they're pro-life in the womb, but their policies that they support are not pro-life. I mean, it's their policy to make more kids hungry, put more kids in poverty. It's their policies that would have people dying on death penalty. If you're pro-life, then you should be pro-life when people are born and living. Susan Rinkitis went on at Jezebel went on to say that news of these drugs tests could mean even more people criminalized by the healthcare system. Especially without the protection of Roe v. Wade, hospitals in the US routinely test pregnant women for drugs without their consent. Sometimes taking away their newborns and other children as a result. With tests for mifeprostine and mesoprostol, cops wouldn't even need to say subpoena meta for someone's Facebook message before arresting them for an alleged abortion. 
This is this is what's going to happen. And I mean, we don't we we are being naive if we wait until conservative states already start this. And I think the problem with us saying, you know, they they are okay with lying goes back to Bobert. This idea that they told us that we were being we were being hot headed, we were jumping, we were lying about what what their what their vision was. We don't want a nationwide abortion ban when in actuality they absolutely do. We see that, so we already know that conservative activists in the U.S. are already trying to ban helping others get an abortion, right? So it's already legal. What what Susan said this in the article as well. Even though for now, though those proposed penalties are civil lawsuits, right? These are civil lawsuits for helping someone, not criminal charges. State lawmakers have introduced bills to classify abortion as homicide. That is. Frightening, but none have passed yet. In April, the Biden administration proposed a change to medical privacy laws that would ban doctors and nurses from reporting suspects, uh, suspected abortion to law enforcement. But a group, a group of 19 Republican attorney generals, 19 Republican attorney generals, that's 19 states, are asking them to withdraw that change so the cops in the states can keep going after formerly pregnant women. My God. This is what I'm talking about. This idea that you can charge someone for a homicide before there's a birth is unbelievable to me. I mean, life to take a life has to be a life, and 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 this is not to be crude, but to define life, you have to be born. And I think this idea that we put so much emphasis on on what a woman's going to do with her body and not on her will to make that choice is unbelievable to me. Especially when I bet you 19 of these attorney general are probably majority white men. White men making decisions for everybody is as American as apple pie and baseball, and is also as racist as America. Let's Period. go back to the way that we look to. No one wants someone to have to go through an abortion. Any woman that has gone through it probably didn't want to go through it. So our starting point is already that anybody who goes through this type of situation is, oh, I can't wait, or I can't wait to 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 then abort this fetus. Um, so. That's always the starting point, so then it goes straight to punitive types of things. That's the way a lot of conservatives think. It's let's punish, let's punish, let's punish. If everybody could agree that we want fewer pregnancies that have to end an abortion, whether it be for health reasons, personal choices, anything along the realms because there's humans and they have their freedoms. If we can all agree to that, maybe we should think of ways to prevent as many unwanted pregnancies as possible. Because we also limit how much you know young folks get access to um, uh, to condoms and, and preventative measures along those things. Education on it, because they think if you educate children on sex, that they'll start having it. Guess what? People start having sex at some point in their lives, and that's just what happens. So whatever point that is, education is sometimes against it. Instead, we want to punish people for it. There could be so many different ways that folks from different disagreeing parts about what to do about once someone is pregnant to if they want to abort. But if we have fewer of them happen, why isn't everyone happy about that? Preventative measures are pushed back against by people who want to actually punish for it. So their objective is punishment instead of prevent it. And if there's some agreement that could come to let's stop it before it happens. I said it about guns, same thing. If we want to stop before it happens, we'd see fewer of these instances go down. But is that really what we want? I got a perfect preventive message, uh, uh, but the Republicans won't be for it. Vasectomies, <laughs> <laughs> mandate vasectomies, and see how see how popular that would be. It's ridiculous, man. It's absolutely ridiculous. Bro, I can't watch the football game without seeing Cialis, Hims, uh, Viagra. I was like, yo, my kid's here. He's gonna eventually ask. So why are they showing cucumbers, Dad? <laughs> 
or, or, or the bit, the big carrot commercial is absolutely That's crazy. Right. To me. About the carrot. Come on, man. We'll be back, y'all. Stick stick around for more indisputable with JR and Mindell Robinson. We're back with Indisputable with Dr. Richie. Today we're filling in me and Jr. Jackson. Let's read some more comments from the from the for the members. Starting with the Jack. Thank you so much for the super chat, brother. We appreciate it. Speaking of water, are the folk in Flint still billed for poisonous tap? Think about that. We were talking about authorities. People continue to think that the lead in the in the water in Flint has always been there, or it's something naturally occurring. No, it was actually them switching to a, a contaminated body of water to, to give people water. And the fact that we know they can fix it exists because they fixed the water for the Chevy plant there because it was messing up their cars, mm. but they didn't fix it back for the residents. So that's a great question. Are we still killing, are we still letting the people in Flint be killed by water because of big, big money? Unbelievable. Let's go over to Twitch, uh, start and park racing. I'm not vaping, I'm just using my fog machine. <laughs> that's in, in reference to the Bobert situation. Uh, that's, that's a great one. Uh, yeah, that's unbelievable. I, I think that is ridiculous. Let's go uh, uh, LA settlement. This is about the settlement. And this is a fascist killer. Yeah, fascist killer. I also, let's not kill anybody, first of all. I always say when I am going up in the 80s and 90s rappers, like Harris One and Chuck D. Talk about police brutality and everybody used to say they're just sensationalizing to sell records. And then Rodney King happened. Meanwhile, like JR said, no lessons are learned. Listen, we already know this is a this is an absolute fact. And I think you're right. KRS one and, and Chuck D, and we should say the all of public enemy and other conscious rappers don't sell as much as people mm-hmm. who aren't talking about what's really going on in our community. And we are fools to believe that corporations don't make those decisions. So uh, fascist killer, I'm with you on the fact that, you know, uh, not that we are killers, but that <laughs> rap that has a that has a message will never sell and will always be demonized, especially if that message is about black equity. Uh, JR, what do you think? Yeah, it's uh, it's even it's, we've been conditioned for so long. I mean, we even talk about it with news. There's been times I was talking to John because if we brought, bring up you know climate change, we bring up water crises. I looked up the one and you, you brought up uh, Flint. I looked up Jackson, Mississippi. That ain't over. It's the types of things that if it's important and it has a lot of details and it's 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 well oriented with what people have to do step by step and continuously for an extended period of time, we just lose interest, man. So after one thing is to point out to us, we go, something needs to be done about this. And then we're too busy looking at the next thing that something needs to be done about and we move on. Maybe it's by design, but things that stick with us, you talk about music, things that stick with us are things that just are kind of surface level. And don't cause us to actually change the way we do and think about stuff. It's too much work, even internally. We just, I, we, I think we have a shorter attention span and we kind of just don't care anymore because we have too many other things, sadly, to worry about when someone else will continue to worry about the things that we've forgotten. Yeah, I think that, and I think that benefits the person or the people, or the institution that are in power that are, you know, carrying out these evil acts. They don't um, have to worry about anything. <laughs> exactly. Neon Death Seven said we were warned in the '90s, talking about global warming and Atlanta flooding. Ain't that something? And and the sad part about it is, truly, people were sounding the alarm before the '90s, but we were definitely warned what would happen if we didn't act in the '90s. So speaking on being warned and what will happen if you don't act, this next story is hilarious. 
We're talking about Donald Trump, ex-president Donald Trump raged to NBC News anchor and new Meet the Press moderator Kirsten Wilker over the charge. He tried to destroy evidence in the the Espionage Act case and swore he would testify. He swore he would testify under oath about the matter. Here's the video. I want to ask you about the case related to Mar-a-Lago. A new charge suggests you asked a staffer to delete security camera footage so it wouldn't get into the hands of investigators. Did it's you do false. that? It's false. false. But let me tell you what Did you testify to that under oath? I'm going to testify. You testify to that under oath? It's a fake okay. charge by this deranged lunatic prosecutor who lost in the Supreme Court nine to nothing and he tried to destroy lots of lives. Uh, he's a lunatic, so it's a fake charge. But more importantly, the tapes weren't deleted. In other words, there was nothing done to them. And they were my tapes. I could have fought them. I, I didn't even have to give them the tapes, I don't think. I think I would have won in court. When they asked for the tapes, I said, sure, they're my tapes. I could have fought them. I didn't even have to give them. Just so you understand, though, we didn't delete anything. Nothing was deleted. So that's false. The people who well, testified. N- number one, false. the statement is false. Much more importantly, when the tapes came, and everybody says this, they weren't deleted. We gave them 100%. Much more importantly, and when the tapes were found, <laughs> what is hands talking about? Small hands, Trump is full of it. First of all, can we just say trying to do something? If it's illegal, it's still illegal, whether you complete it or not. Like I, I am so tired of him trying to mix. Like in the way he mixed up this conversation to confuse people is what he does uh, at a master level. This idea that he's talking about the tapes not being deleted—that's not what you're on trial for. You're the criminal act is you conspired to delete those tapes because they were evidence or could be evidence and used against you, and that's enough, whether you did it or not. So I mean, if 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 people could use something not happening. As a reason not to be charged, everybody that tried to rob a bank that didn't get away with it would be free. This is absolutely ridiculous. It's Trump being Trump. And we have heard his man say so many times that he swear he's gonna testify under oath. Unfortunately, he just never does, man. <laughs> JR, the man never does. He always say he was gonna testify in front of the January 6th committee. When they subpoenaed him, he didn't. He was gonna testify for Jack Smith, he didn't. And wouldn't even sit for a deposition, he wrote answers. And he was gonna testify against Eugene Carroll, he didn't, did he? No, he did not testify, this man never testified because his lawyers know better than put him on the stand (laughs) because he can't stop lying. And secondly, why would you get on stand if you're Donald Trump? Exactly, it's it's happened so many times where he'll say he'll testify, that's for that moment. Because what he performs for is for cameras, for television. He's telling Kristen Walker all this stuff about what it is that he would do and not do. Of course he's not gonna do that, that's legal, now it's for real. This is just news, this is me just talking and lying to the public to see what it is that they're gonna buy from what it is that I'm saying. And you notice though, for each of those cases, Jack Smith, terrible prosecutor, this judge, bias. It's always the people that are in positions of actually adjudicating what is that's happening, the people that are carrying along these types of procedures. Those are the people he's attacking. It's never what is that happened. This person, he did this, this, and that. We got cops that he's a loser. Have been up for killing people and they still have their jobs, but there's this full trust in these police officers. But we're not supposed to think, yo, maybe he shouldn't have his job. But you'll talk about prosecutors and judges because of thoughts that they have about your illegal activities will be what it is that you think is gonna disqualify them from having anything to do with it. 
as a basis for biases. So that means for folks that have been put into into positions like Jack Smith or even these judges, if they're put in there by a Democratic person, that means that they're automatically should be disqualified from judging about you. If that's the case, shouldn't it be the same way? So this Supreme Court, which has been heavily leaning conservative, should we disregard everything they say? Because the president that I would have liked to have appointed someone to that court didn't get a chance to, should I just be able to be outside the law because of it? But they'll still say, if they can do it to me, they can do it to you. Apparently not, because you get no opportunity to go on NBC News and yell at Kristen Welker about how it is that everybody that's coming for you with all this evidence, including the people who turned on you because they were about to get some jail time too, have said, you know what? Actually, Donald Trump told me to say these things and actually told me to destroy this evidence. But the bottom line he always came with Mondale was, they were mine. It always comes back to the same process. He's basically admitted mine. it. Mine. The documents were mine. It's mine. It's mine, oh. guys. But listen, man, I mean, it's, it's so much doing this story, and it, we'll definitely keep an eye on that. TMZ posted a video of the actor Jonathan Majors breaking up a fight between two teen girls. Here's the video. No one did anything. Hey man. Hey man. Hashtag first high school My, my. <laughs> Here's more background on the incident, guys. Listen, TMZ obtained a video showing the two female students trading serious blows Monday afternoon at Hollywood High School which happens to be directly across the street from the in and out. And that's how Jonathan got involved. The actor was grabbing lunch when he saw a, oh, okay. he saw the girls and decided to rush into the middle of the melee to rip the girls apart, urging them to calm down and telling them it isn't worth it to fight. I was gonna it's say, I said, what does in and out got to do with Jonathan Majors? Like he ain't falling off that much, he's not working down. It. I know exactly where it is that they're talking about. Um, sorry, I, I just had to say that because I, I didn't know where that connection came from. Yeah, I mean, that's what, that's what happened. Tim, TMZ spoke to Jonathan Majors in West Hollywood hours after the fight. And he told him uh, <laughs> he just wanted to make sure those involved didn't get hurt. And I uh, hope the girls were doing okay after, <laughs> after what went down. It's unclear where the school faculty was doing this fight or this brawl. <laughs> TMZ was told after the video cut, both girls went their separate ways. <laughs> Maybe it was out in the street after, uh, out in you know, it, it's it's a it's a city. It's literally Hollywood. The Walk of Fame is right there. Um, so and who knows how close it could have been to actually what is and where the school officials could get involved. Um, he kind of came out of nowhere. It was like a Marvel hero or something, right? <laughs> he just swoops in. I can only speculate. I'm not going to say 100%. I'm not going to say that it's for sure yes or no. But all I'm saying is I've seen teenagers fight many times. Usually, it's not that easy to stop them from getting at each other still. I mean, there's still but have been a couple catches of some hair. Yeah, hands. JR, you're not, a, you're not a superhero. 
Come on, guy. You're just a normal guy. You're just are you suggesting? Normal. Are you suggesting that I'm saying it's fake? Because I'm not saying that. Well, you may not be saying it, but users online speculated the incident was possibly just a stage as a Hollywood blockbuster <laughs> in order to improve his public image following recent legal troubles. Listen, that's so wrong. Um, here's some of the here's some of the responses online. That image is ridiculous. <laughs> Jonathan Major's PR team wants me to believe that he was at a burger joint in a zoot suit when he felt a disturbance in the force and saved two innocent citizens. Man, I. So listen, the fact that her name is Zutisha Adams <laughs> and she's talking about a zoot suit and don't really know what a zoot suit is <laughs> makes me discount what she's talking about. Here's what I would say. The fight breaking up, the whole scene did kind of look like it was a movie. Even the way he jogged over there looked Superman-esque. I don't know. I don't know. I have my feelings about the case, but uh, this right here, this this is this is Hollywood-ish for me for sure. Oh, uh, I wonder. It's it's hard. It's hard to tell. So it's you know again, ever since the you know the first assault, things came more with Jonathan Majors. I, I tend to we've talked throughout this show about missing and following up on stories when it comes to disaster, or it comes from people losing lives and loved ones and things like that, and how you know a bit flippant we are sometimes with folks in their situations because we're too busy dealing with ours. I dropped off of this story after he got caught up legally with whatever assault charges were happening. So I don't fully know what is that he's potentially. If this was a PR type of stunt to raise his image, if he's been forging his way back, if things have been proven that he's actually not on the hook for what it is that it looked like he was up to, I don't know. But I feel like this is unnecessary no matter what, if if it's not real. Um, so I guess we'll find out if his public image starts changing, if this has actually worked or if it hasn't. I'm not saying it's fake though. Yeah, and, and as a black man, I, I, this is this is gonna get me drug on the internet. But I gotta say this, like oh. I, I, I mean, this this case. So the, the history of this case for people who are not familiar, uh, Jonathan Major started dating uh, a stretcher, someone who stretches people on on Hollywood sets, uh, and they were dating, and then there was a fight, supposedly fight in Manhattan. Um, but he's he's doing court this Friday. What happened was she said he broke her finger and hit her side of the head, and he's facing misdemeanor charges right now, assault charges. His attorneys had long held that there's plenty of evidence, eyewitness evidence from his driver, and also witnesses on the street that said that he didn't touch her. She was the aggressor in the situation. Now, his actually his attorneys just released this article that came out of Insider yesterday or today this morning, saying that the they want this entire thing thrown out because the prosecutor did a lot of behavior that should be illegal and also uh, unscrupulous, where they withheld evidence that was favorable to their client, talking about Jonathan Majors. Some of that evidence is videos of this his ex girlfriend. Uh, at the club that night, dancing to 3 a.m., uh, oh. being spun around by another guy with the same fingers. She said that Jonathan broke uh, the fact that he was not at the club and he also got out the car. Video of her on the street talking to three strangers with no bruises, no blood coming out of her ear. Um, and also, they said that the, the prosecutor withheld evidence that said, uh, the doctor said that the finger break, the break in her finger is. Uh, is related to a fall, not someone twisting or pulling yeah. the finger like she claimed. Also, there are 32 calls, missed calls from her at 3 a.m. when she got back to his house where he chose not to stay. He went to a hotel. She After she went to the club, she went back to his house and she called him 32 times. And he, when he went to answer, 
at eight o'clock that morning, she decided to say she was gonna commit suicide if he didn't come back to her. He goes to the house, finds her on the floor, calls 911 and say there's been an attempted suicide. This is the call that he said. The prosecutor tried to hide all this information in over a terabyte of release. And instead of them releasing it immediately, they didn't release it until a month ago. And we know how old the story is. So on Friday, I think we're gonna see some fireworks. And I think you know this man has had a story that has not changed. The driver said that she he, the driver literally referred to her as a psycho girlfriend that was gonna mess up his car. Cause she was attacking this majors in a way. And then saying the same thing about the people on the street in Manhattan. Well, the good news is, is if you're, um, you know, if if things are on the up and up from the point of view, of no matter what the situation is, you would hope because of the system, uh, things can all get fleshed out. I still have no opinion on it because I haven't seen all of it. But um, as it as it comes down, if you're right, then if things are done correctly, it will all be figured out. And if you're wrong, the opposite will happen. So we'll see. And maybe with that being said. Maybe the fight between these two high schoolers was absolutely real. And sometimes you're in the right place at the right time. And you know what else is real? Maybe his relationship with Megan is not a PR stunt either. Cuz that's what people mm-hmm. online are saying, oh, yeah. his relationship with Megan. Uh, and we're not talking about Princess Megan Marker, we're talking about our Megan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they said that it's made up and it's part of the PR stunt. I, I think um, we're, we're gonna sit by and watch, um, we'll, we'll see what is to come. We want to thank you all for watching with me and J.R. Jackson here for Dr. Richie on Indisputable. Y'all remember, have a wonderful day, but not before you think about it.